This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. We're still thinking about the recall last week of the progressive DA of San Francisco, Chesa Boudin. The final tally was 55 in favor of the recall, 45 opposed. Pundits everywhere are saying this is a message to Democrats to abandon their efforts to reform police departments and do something about the deep racial iniquities in the criminal justice system. They say San Francisco is telling Democrats it's time for law and order politics and cracking down on the homeless. Peter Dreyer doesn't think that's what Democrats should conclude. He's a distinguished professor of politics at Occidental College, former newspaper reporter, community organizer, senior policy advisor to former Boston Mayor Ray Flynn, and the author of seven books, the most recent of which published this year are Baseball Rebels, the Players, People, and Social Movements that Shook Up the Game and Changed America, and a companion volume, Major League Rebels, Baseball Battles Over Workers' Rights and American Empire. He's also a contributor to The Nation. Peter Dreyer, welcome back. Thank you, John. Okay, the district attorney lost a recall battle in San Francisco. Chesa Boudin, committed progressive, terrific person, also a, uh, a contributor to The Nation a guest on this podcast a couple of times. He wanted to end over-incarceration. He wanted to end cash bail. He wanted to stop the prosecution of minors as adults. And he wanted to start filing homicide charges against city police officers who killed people unjustly. But let's start with how he got elected in the first place two years ago. His defeat, you wrote at Talking Points Memo, quote, should not have been a surprise if you know how he won election in 2019. And that's because San Francisco has an unusual voting system. Tell us about it. It's called uh, ranked choice voting. A couple of cities have it. And basically what happens is you vote for as many candidates as you want and you rank them. And the candidate that comes in last of all the ballots, those uh, votes are redistributed to the people that got your second or then your third or then your fourth until somebody gets 50% plus one. And so that's how Chesa Bodine got elected. It's hard to say that he had a real mandate for the progressive agenda that he was pushing. And immediately after he got elected, a lot of the Republican billionaires, in not only in San Francisco, but in the larger Bay Area, and the police unions began to organize to, uh, to stop him, implementing his agenda and to try to recall him. They, they were talking about recall from the day he took office. And in addition to that, um, there have been some high profile crimes in San Francisco and clearly a big homeless population. And he became the, the scapegoat basically for those public safety issues that people had, even though his job, his office wasn't responsible for dealing with those issues. And in fact, crime went down, major crime categories went down while he was the DA. So he got 36% of the first round votes two years ago, and then he got 45% in the recall. So he actually improved nine points, but not enough to win the recall. And of course, a recall is a yes or no choice, which is very different from running a, uh, against a specific challenger. Yes, he wasn't running against somebody who had a different point of view. And when people are angry, they say, you know, kick out the people who are now in office. Right? Well, let's talk about the other district attorney elections in the Bay Area last week. 
On the other side of the Bay Bridge in Alameda County, the city of Oakland, there was a contest for district attorney. Uh, what happened there? Another progressive woman named Pamela Price, a civil rights lawyer, running on basically the same kind of platform that Chesa Bodine had, uh, came in first in the DA election with 40% uh, of the vote in a uh, four-person race. She's going to have to uh, run in a runoff against the person who came in second, who was a kind of law and order candidate that got 31% of the vote. So the voters of nearby Alameda County had a very different perspective. And then in Contra Costa County, which is also in the Bay Area, a former judge, also a progressive like, like Bodine, Diana Becton, she's, our, she's the incumbent. And she won with 57% of the vote against a, a law and order prosecutor. And so um, even in the Bay Area, you see very different outcomes. So there are things unique to San Francisco, which helped to defeat Bodine. But it's really silly to try to um, generalize that that tells you something about what the Democratic Party should be doing about criminal justice all over the country. And these three progressive district attorney candidates uh, in the Bay Area, of course, part of a national movement. The first progressive prosecutor in the United States to win election was Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. Chesa was second. Los Angeles, George Gascon was third. And there have been some more since then in the last couple of years. Yeah. Remind us about that. There have been over a dozen progressive district attorneys and prosecutors elected all over the country in Chicago and Boston in Austin, Texas, in Corpus Christi, Texas, in rural Georgia, in Ohio, and in Philadelphia, where Larry Krasner won, and in Chicago, where Kim Fox was elected, the uh, progressive DA, they've both already been reelected. And so uh, there's no evidence that there's a, a backlash against these progressive district attorneys around the country. But there was a backlash in San Francisco. And I think the lesson is what goes out in San Francisco stays in San Francisco. <laughs> well, there is coming a challenge to the progressive pro prosecutor in Los Angeles, organized by the same forces, the police unions, the conservative uh, billionaires. In LA, there's a campaign underway right now to gather signatures to put the recall of George Gascon on the ballot in November. Uh, they got another couple of weeks. The deadline is July 6th to come up with 566,000 validated signatures. How are they doing in, in uh, getting enough signatures to get the recall of George Gascon in L.A. on the November ballot? So uh, George Gascon was uh, elected uh, DA of L.A. County, the largest county in the country. He beat a pro-police law and order incumbent. And as soon as he got sworn in, the same forces, the police unions, the prosecutors unions inside his own office and right wing billionaires like Jeff Palmer, the one of the wealthiest people in, in Los Angeles, who was a, a big Trump supporter. Other people like that. They immediately began a recall campaign against George Gascon, and they actually weren't able to get enough signatures the first time they tried this. So they're trying again. I think the defeat of uh, Bodine uh, gives them a little more momentum. And I would not be surprised if they get the roughly half a million signatures they need. But again, the voters are not talking about criminal justice, basically money versus people. Right? You've got these billionaires and these one order cops unions, prosecutor unions. 
that basically want to go back to the old ways of lock them up and throw away the key. And public opinion polls in San Francisco and LA show what they don't like is, you know, seeing lots of homeless people on the street. And that's a housing and mental health problem, not a criminal justice problem for the DA. But they've got to take some responsibility for it. And George Gascon, I think, is a much better politician than Chase Bodine was in San Francisco. He's got a much broader coalition. He won by a much bigger margin when he ran for. And it's going to be a tough race, but I think he'll be able to do it because he's much more popular. And I also think he's been quite effective uh, as the DA. But unlike Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, who the you know within a month or two after he took office, he fired all the prosecutors in his office that didn't agree with his progressive views about incarceration and treating children as adults in the criminal justice system and so forth. Neither Bodine nor uh, George Cascona, under civil service laws, they can't get rid of those people in their own office. And so in LA in particular, and also in San Francisco, the prosecutors are not happy with having a progressive boss, and the police are not happy. And in both cities, the police are telling people on the street, they're basically already campaigning against Cascone. They're telling people that, that he shouldn't be elected, which is not something that police should be doing. But importantly, they're not investigating a lot of cases. They're basically, I wouldn't call it a strike, but it's a slowdown. Yeah. The cops are not doing their jobs. And then they're blaming Gascon, as they did Boudin, for uh, whatever increases in crime there are. And of course, this all takes place during the pandemic when people were desperate. And there was an increase in every city in the country, practically, in homicides, particularly, ironically, in cities like Jacksonville, Florida, and Oklahoma City that have Republican DAs and Republican mayors. So this is not a Democratic thing. So homelessness is especially a big problem in California. Lots of homeless people want to be in California because it's not cold in the winter. But that that does impose a tremendous burden on whoever is in office. A lot of people in our cities, Democratic cities, Republican cities, as well as some suburbs, don't like seeing encampments of homeless people, some of them urinating you know, in public and some of them using drugs. But the crime problem is separate from the homeless problem. Most of the people that commit crimes in L.A. and San Francisco are not homeless. But this, the, uh, the recall supporters conflated those two issues, knowing that people don't like this sense of public disorder. And that is something that we need to deal with. And we need to deal with it by building more affordable housing, protecting tenants from eviction, providing more mental health services for people, not sweeping people off the streets and sending them to jail. But the sense of our cities are out of control, whether they're Republican or Democratic cities, is definitely something that right-wingers are taking advantage of, just like Richard Nixon did, just like Ronald Reagan did, you know, the law and order candidates. And I think we have to deal with that. And we have to deal with that in L.A., when it comes to the next uh, mayor, when Rick Caruso, the billionaire mall developer, is basically running on a platform of sweeping the homeless off the streets and throwing them in jail against Karen Bass, who's got a much more compassionate but pragmatic way of looking at it. But so far, uh, Rick Caruso is outspent in the primary. He outspent Karen Bass 11 to 1. Now that they're both in a runoff, 
Karen Bass will have a lot more money. She'll be able to go toe to toe with Caruso. She'll have a much bigger get out the vote effort because the labor unions will now unite behind her. And uh, I think that Rick Caruso will not win. But the fact that he was able to get 40% of the vote you know, in the primary tells you two things. One, people are concerned about what they see as public disorder. And secondly, if you have enough money, you can practically win almost anything in American politics. But um, I think Karen Bass will be able to meet him uh, with, uh, with equal amount of money in the runoff. So I'm more optimistic than some people are about the mayor's race in LA. Peter Dreyer teaches at Occidental College and writes for, among other places, The Nation magazine. Peter, thanks for talking with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.